This is the Jail Ministry Podcast. The J-A-I-L, or Jesus Acts and Inmates Lives Ministry, is Christ-centered and provides programs focused on the prevention and intervention for the incarcerated. Jail Ministry also provides support to offenders, criminal justice professionals, victims, and their families. Thank you for your continued financial assistance. For more information, visit jailmen.org. Now, here's today's lesson. Welcome, guys and gals, to Jail Bible Study. My name is Dr. Kevin McCarthy, and I'm excited to get back and finish this wonderful lesson, this wonderful story about Jesus healing the blind man. We had some technical difficulties the last couple, three weeks, and we had some special events here at Jail Bible Study. So I'm going to go back to the start because I spent another five or six hours studying this, and I'm, I'm just amazed at how much is in these 41 verses. But... I think the fairest thing to do is to go back just a verse. Um, go to our Bibles right now to John chapter 9. John chapter 9. Get to John chapter 9. And then look back one verse to John chapter 8, verse 59. This is going to give us a little context to what's going on right now. There's a battle right now going on, a spiritual battle. Uh, from the Pharisees, we'll talk about the Pharisees in a few minutes, but the Pharisees, they hate Jesus. And if we look at verse 59, it says, Therefore they picked up stones to throw at him, him being Jesus. But Jesus hid himself and went out of the temple. So we'll find out why these Pharisees hate Jesus. And think about this. There's a battle going right on right now. And what's going to happen in the next verse, John chapter 9, 1, I'm going to read uh, about five or six verses at a time and then go back and kind of unpack and kind of explain what's going on here. But it's a wonderful story that Jesus is going to use to show his incredible godly character, his, he, that he is rules over all, that he can heal the blind, and most importantly, that Jesus can take away the sins of man. So this man who um, we're going to find out about... He's been blind since birth. And that's a story, too. So let's go to 9, verse 1. It said, As he passed by, he saw a man blind from birth. And his disciples asked him, Rabbi, who sinned, this man or his parents, that he would be born blind? Jesus answered in verse 3, It was neither that this man sinned nor his parents, but it was so that the works of God might be displayed in them. Well, there's a lot right there. Um, they asked, Rabbi, why is this man blind? So at that time, a lot before Jesus Christ, they thought maybe this man had done something evil or done something bad, or even his parents had done something bad, had sinned. And so therefore, God's going to punish and give this blind man no eyesight. But Jesus is going to come right to it in verse 3. He's going to say, it was neither that this man sinned, it was so that the works of God might be displayed in him. Now, there's a wonderful verse in your Bible that, that's going to just kind of wrap around this and give a lot of meaning to this. And if we go to John, or sorry, Romans 8.28, 8.28, let me flip over there. One of my favorite verses, and I'll tell you why in just a minute, but Romans 8.28 is going to say, And we know that God causes all things to work together for good to those who love God, 
to those who are called according to his purpose. So how does this relate to the, the blind man? Well, Jesus, God foreknew that this man would be blind and that Jesus would come to him and that he would save him and also bring sight to him. So this verse right here talks about the fact that all things work together for good. So what the man and his family and his parents thought was, was terrible to be blind is going to turn when Jesus saves him. And he's going to have sight and he's going to have eternal life through faith in Jesus Christ, eternal life. So it says, we knew that God causes all things. Now, I'll share with you briefly, but I broke my neck 24 years ago. So I'm a quadriplegic. And when I saw this verse about 17, 18 years ago, I thought it did not apply to me at all. I mean, all things, how come I broke my neck? And, and how is that How is that called according to God? How is it working out? Well, when I really understood the fact that I was not a Christian before my accident, and now I am after my accident because God used that tough times and the, and the suffering and the terrible things I went through for his good so that I may come to him and may, I may love him and call him Father. So think about this for those of you that are in prison or in jail right now. Probably thinking it's, there's a lot of things they wish they could do differently. They wish they could go back. They're kind of sometimes angry to themselves about this, but you know, God may be using your being in prison, your being in jail. You're going through some suffering right now. You're losing a lot of liberty, a lot of freedom. But God may be breaking you of your self-worth, your self-pride. And he may be using this to bring the Holy Spirit to you. Amen? So that third verse of this story uh, has so much meaning to it. So he's going to use this for his glory. He's going to use this to bring and show that he is God. So verse 4, he says, We must work the works of him who sent me as long as it is day. Night is coming when no one can work. Verse 5, Well, I am in the world. I am the light of the world. Wow. There's a mouthful right there. There's so much in this. So he's saying, Why I am on earth. I'm only going to be on earth here a short while about 33 years, about a three-year ministry. So he's doing this. He's, he's going to heal this blind person to show his glory. He's going to do it right now because, as he says, the time is coming. Night, night is coming when no one can work. Okay? Verse 5, while I'm in the world, I'm the light of the world. So let's flip over. This is probably, uh, arguably, one of the most important verses that Jesus will will say it. It's been recorded by John, but this one, John chapter 8, verse 12. John chapter 8, verse 12. In fact, those of you that have not read the book of John, I highly recommend you read it thoroughly, chapter by chapter, verse by verse. And if you read it a couple of times, read it again and highlight some of these verses. Put these verses to memory. Because here he says right now, Jesus spoke to him saying, I am the light of the world. He who follows me will not walk in the darkness, but will have the light of life. Wow, it's right there. It's either you walk with Jesus and you are in the light. Remember, Jesus brought light into the world. He's the creator. 
Or if you don't follow him, you don't put your trust and faith in him, you'll have darkness. So where are you right now? Are you walking with him? Are you truly walking with him? Do you read your Bible? Uh, do you follow and try to go to church on Sunday if there's, a, if there's an opportunity? How do you treat your fellow, fellow man? Okay, so flip back to John chapter 9 because we're getting the good stuff right now. Oh, there's so much good stuff in the story. He says, when he said this, he did something pretty vulgar, pretty gross. He spat on the ground and made clay with the spit and applied it to the man's eyes. Can you imagine spitting on the ground in the dust, in the dirt, making a little mud pie stick in his eyes? He said, he said to him, go wash in the pool of Siloam, which is translated to be sent. So he went away and washed and came back seeing. Now, a little side note right now. This pool was a pool where people went to bathe and wash and also to be baptized. Now, which is pretty amazing is this pool was discovered about three or four years ago by archaeologists. They were digging down in the rubble and they came to this vast pool pretty close to the temple. And by doing their measurements and doing the observations of size, it was this pool that Jesus did the miracle in. Okay, so he came back seeing. Seeing. Okay, wait a minute. This man was blind. There's something wrong with the nerves in his eyes. They don't work. And yet, Jesus, who is God, he can do anything. So those of you that question, well, how would God create the heavens and the earth? And how would he create man and female and birds and fish? It's right here. He can do anything. He can take someone blind from birth, bring eyesight. But that's not all. There's something even more important that he's going to break. Therefore, his neighbors and those who previously saw him as a beggar were saying, is this not the one who used to sit and beg? You see, blind people, they didn't get any money from the government. No, they had to sit there and beg and hold out a cup. That's how they, that's how they made it. That's how they survived. Others are saying, this is he. Still others are saying, no, but he's like him. He looks like him. But the man kept saying, I am the one. I am the one. Okay? So they were saying to him, how then were your eyes open? They wanted to know. How, how did it happen? Verse 11, he answered, the man who was called Jesus made clay and anointed my eyes and said to me, go to Salome and wash. So he went away and washed and I received sight. So this man, he's going to obey. He's going to obey Jesus. He's going to go and wash his eyesight after the mud is in it. And he received his sight. They said to him, where is he? And the man said, I don't know. So Jesus walked away. But there's quite a few things are going to happen right now. People are going to question, how could this happen? So the people brought the Pharisees to the man who was formerly blind. Now a Pharisee at that time was a religious leader. And the religious leaders were the ones that were into power complete power and they had over 900 rules 
that had to be followed to be a good Jew. And to be a good Jew, you had to go to the temple and you had to give so much of your income every week, every month. And you had to follow these rules and you could not do anything on the Sabbath. The Sabbath day being their, their Sunday or their holy day. Could not be done. So they see it as Jesus. They've heard already. They tried to stone him in the last chapter. But in just, in just one year, they want to put him out. They want to take him out because he is a threat. He's a threat to the Pharisees and he's a threat to the order of the Romans who, who at that time controlled Israel. Okay? So they come in question. Now, it was on a Sabbath on the day when Jesus made the clay and opened his eyes. That's a holy day. You could not do anything on the Sabbath. If you were hungry, you couldn't go out to the fields and gather grain. No. If you were injured, you couldn't do anything for the injury unless it was life-threatening. There were rules on how many times you had to clean your cup before you drank your wine. Okay, And the Pharisees, they thought they kind of had this elite privilege, being that they traced their origin, their, their family tree. They would tr say, well, we come from Moses, the family of Moses. And so they thought they were better than everyone else. So the Pharisees also were asking him again, how did he receive the sight? He said to them, he played clay to my eyes, and I washed, and I see. Wow. Therefore, some of the Pharisees, verse 16, were saying, this man is not from God. And they were really, they were adamant about it. This man is not from God, okay? Because he does not keep the Sabbath. There cannot be done any healing on the Sabbath. He did it. He must be from Satan. That was the, what they're trying to say. If he's not from God, he's from Satan. But others were saying, how can a man who is a sinner perform such signs? Yeah. And there was a division among them. So if this man did this incredible miracle, he'd have to have some powers from God. Okay? So they said to the blind man again, verse 17, what do you say about him since he opened your eyes? And he said, he's a prophet. So they're starting to dig a hole right now. The Pharisees are going, wait a minute he did it on the, on the Sabbath so he can't be a, a holy man he must be a sinner but he did this miracle what is it 18 verse 18 the Jews then did not believe it of him and that he had been blind and had received sight so they didn't believe he was really really blind maybe he just had bad eyesight okay and so they called the parents of the very one who received his sight Call the parents. Now, the parents are kind of nervous because they don't want to be on the wrong side of the Pharisees. Okay? And he questioned them, the parents, saying, Is this your son, who you say was born blind? Then how does he now see? See, the Pharisees, they were blind to Jesus Christ. I mean, here they are. Jesus is walking right in their midst. He's doing the miracles. Yet God because of their their bitterness, because of their pride, really, their pride, he's not going to open their eyes so they can see that Jesus is truly the Son of God. So they're blind right now. Pharisees are blind. So they're taking on, taking on who is this Jesus? 
But verse 21, but now he, but how he now sees. We don't know who opened his eyes. We don't know. Ask him. He's of age. He will speak for himself. He's of age. So the parents are saying, go ask him. See, if they got into odds with the Pharisees and the become, belonging to the Pharisees and going to the temple was everything, okay? It was being part of a group. If you were not part of that group and not a good Jew, you were cast out. And let me tell you, you lost all kinds of privileges. You couldn't go to the market and people would kind of shun you because, oh, you weren't a Jew, a good Jew. And you could not sell your goods and you could not go and do business and people would not do business with you you'd be kind of a real outcast okay so he says well go ask him okay he's of age so of age I'm guessing he was maybe 21 22 or older but of age in our country or our culture is, is 21 when you really come to age or 18 so his parents said this because they were afraid of the Jews afraid of the Jews. For the Jews had already agreed that if anyone confessed Jesus to be Christ, he was to be put out of the synagogue. It says right there. So remember, John, the Apostle John, who was closest to Jesus, he's recording this. He was right there. And we're looking back right now, 2023 years, we're seeing this live. Because the Bible is the truth. It's living, it's active, and it's, and it's sharper than a two-edged sword that cuts the marrow. So everything you read right now, it's, it's an eyewitness account. And you are blessed that you are reading this. And let's hope and pray that your eyes are open too. Okay? So he said again to the parents said, He's of age, ask him again. So a second time they called the man who had been blind and said to him, he said, give glory to God. We know that this man is a sinner. So they're trying to put Jesus down. We know this man's a sinner. He did a miracle, or he said he did a miracle on the Sabbath. That's not allowed. That's not allowed in our tradition at all. Can't be done. Sabbath is a holy day. Nothing can be done. Okay? It's very hypocritical. I mean, these people... They're going after Jesus, so they're, they're not a Jesus side at all. Okay. Now they said to him, what did he do to you? How did he open your eyes? See, they don't believe. They're, they're asking this whole conversation going down with the, with the people that witnessed it, with his parents, and now they're asking a second time, how, 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 did, how did it happen? He then answered whether he's a sinner. He says, I don't know. One thing I do know, that though I was blind, now I see. I was once blind, now I see. Okay? Let's go to John 3.36, because we'll dig a little deeper into this. Just go back a few pages. See what John 3.36 says. Okay? John 3.36. He who believes in the Son has eternal life. But he who does not obey the Son will not see life, but the wrath of God abides on him. So once again, this verse states there's only one way to Christ. You're either in Christ, 
you believe in him, you have eternal life, that's a big, big life. That's forever. But who does not obey the Son will not see life. Okay? But the wrath of God. So, yeah, there's a wrath. When you die, you'll be in the wrath of God. You will, you will face the punishment. Life, you will have life eternally, but not eternally with God, but eternally in hell. So that's what these Pharisees are kind of facing right now. But they, because they, because of their pride, they know it all. Okay. He says again, "What did he do to you? How did he open your eyes?" He answered them again, "I told you already. You did not listen. Why do you want to hear it again?" You don't want to become his disciples too, do you? So, he already knows right now. He already knows that Jesus is God. And he's saying, don't you want to become his disciples? I mean, this man has spent a really tough life, most of his life begging. Most of his life stumbling into people. Parents have probably had to take care of him. And so, it says right here, the Pharisees reviled him and said, you are his disciple, but we are disciples of Moses. So you see right there, they're really, they're so arrogant. You, 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 you're his disciple, but we're disciples of Moses. We're better than you. Okay. This man, the blind man, you know what? He doesn't have a degree in theology, studying God. He doesn't, he hasn't read the Bible like the Pharisees have read the first five books of the Bible, the Old Testament. Their knowledge, they think their knowledge is greater than anyone else. So he says, man says, this is the man, the blind man says, we know that God has spoken to Moses just as for this man. We do not know where he's from. We don't know where he came from. The man answered and said to them, well, here's an amazing thing that you do not know where he's from, and yet he opened my eyes. He's just going right up. He's telling his Pharisees, you know what, up yours. You know what? He says, he says, here's the amazing thing. You don't know where he's come from, but he's healed. I mean, you think you know it all, but this guy just healed me. And, I'm, and I'm, I can see for the rest of my life. I mean, and you're putting him down. We know that God does not hear sinners, but if anyone is God-fearing and does his will, he hears them. So, yeah, the blind man said, we know that God does not hear sinners, but if anyone is God-fearing. In other words, if you fear the Lord, fear the Lord means if you honor and respect Him and you fear His almighty power, then you too would be saying, I want to meet this man. But you're not. You're not God-fearing. And that's one of the most important things as believers. We have to come to the realization that we messed up we're sinners, and we have to obey. We have to fear because he has complete control over our lives. So what a great line here. He, now he says here, he says, he opened my eyes. We know that God does not hear sinners, but if anyone is God-fearing, since verse 32, since the beginning of time, it's never been heard that anyone open the eyes of man or person born blind. Never. Never heard it. So, the Pharisees, they were kind of, they're backing up a little bit, but this man, a beggar, he's teaching them. He's in their face. Okay? 
If this man were not from God, he could do nothing. So, yeah, if this man were not from God, he could do nothing. They answered him. Look at this. They take the low road with him. They, 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 they're trying to bring him down, trying to knock him down. Indirectly knock down Jesus. They answered him. Verse 34. They answered him. You were born entirely in sin. And are you teaching us? So they put him out. Those words right there. So they put him out. Five words. They put him out. They're saying, you think you know more than us, yet you were born in sin, and you're trying to teach us about what a righteous son of God would be like? You don't know what you're talking about. So they put him out? <laughs> That's the threat. They put him out of the temple. They put him out. You're no longer a Jew. See how far you get now. Okay? So, the story is going to come back to the main, main man, Jesus Christ. Jesus is going to come back. Okay? I'm sure he uses to probably allow this man, test this man's faith. And faith he had. Faith to stare down and take on the Pharisees. So, verse 35. Jesus heard they'd put him out, out of the temple. And finding him, he said, do you believe in the Son of Man? What a wonderful question. What a wonderful answer. Do you believe in the Son of Man? Verse 36. He answered, who is he, Lord, that I may believe in him? Jesus said to him, you have both seen him, and he is the one who is talking with you right now. What a great conversation. What a great... He's speaking with you right now. Okay? And he said, Lord... Here it is. Three words. Lord, I believe. And he worshipped him. Wow. He worshipped him. I'd love to have seen this story. Could have been just outside the temple, near the pool. But he said, I believe. And I worshipped him. But to... To believe and to worship him means to give all glory to Jesus as Lord and Savior. You see, he just gave this man everything. Eternal life, gave him sight. He gave many witnesses to see this. And Jesus said in verse 39, For judgment I came into this world, so that those who do not see may see. And that those who see may become blind. Yeah, he did, didn't he? So, there is a judgment. A lot of people don't want to think about that judgment, but there is a judgment for those that disobey, that turn from him. And, and I don't know where you are right now. I know where I was 40 years ago, 30 years ago. I didn't, I didn't worship him. I didn't glorify him. I didn't say, Lord, I believe. In fact, I said, I don't think I really need this right now. I, I'm pretty, pretty happy. I'm doing pretty well the way I am right now. But Jesus says it for judgment. And there's a judgment. Once again, eternal judgment. Eternal judgment. So remember, Jesus came to seek and save the lost. That's in the book of Luke. He came to seek, to find us. He certainly found this man, and he saved him, didn't he? But he also, when he comes back, 
The second time he'll come back to judge those that are believers, those that are in the light, those who are not in the light, who are in the darkness. So, finishing up verse 40, he said, Those of the Pharisees who were with him heard these things and said to him, We are not blind too, are we? And I'm sure they said that with some disgust because they did not see him as a savior. Jesus said to them, if you were blind, you would have no sin. But since you say we see, your sin remains. Yeah, you're hypocrites because you say you see, you say you know the way, you say you know with all your rules, you say by the way you mock me, by the way you mock this man who was brought into light, you say you see, but you don't see. You don't see. You're blind. Your sin has blinded you. So, I ask you right now, what sins blind you and, and what idols do you have? What idols do you have that keep you from putting your faith in Jesus Christ? Is it, is it drugs? Was it alcohol? Was it sex? Was it gambling? Was it all of the above? Was it having materialistic things? Those are all idols. And you see, these people right now, these Pharisees, they were all about their rules, their things, doing their things. And don't you just hate it when someone, they think they're better than you, and they act a certain way? Well, that's how they were. They were terrible that way. Okay. So, a finishing verse is... We've gone through almost everything. Oh, John 6.37. We'll finish on this one. 6.37. John 6.37. Hold on. John 6.37 is... All the Father gives me will come to me, and the one who comes to me, I will certainly not cast out. So, follow that verse. Pray that verse. And I'll see you all next week. Bye now.